Welcome to the Best of Women's Fiction podcast. I'm Lainey Cameron, and in this podcast, I interview authors I admire. I so enjoyed talking with Camille Pagan during this interview, which we recorded last year. Camille is a multi-time Washington Post and Amazon Charts bestseller, and also one of my favorite authors. In this interview, we talk about last year's release, This Won't End Well, but don't miss Camille's new book coming out in May 21 called Don't Make Me Turn This Life Around. I am so excited to be here with, I've got to admit, I'm biased, one of my all-time favorite authors, Camille Pagan. Um, Camille, did I say it correctly? Because I always assume it's Pagan, but actually, you know, I, you and I have never met in person. It's Pagan, but I say when I'm introducing myself, Pagan like Pagan. <laughs> so it's fine. Pagan like Pagan, the French pronunciation, Pagan. So I'm so excited that you're here today. Um, it's morning. I'm drinking water. What do you have with you? And where I'm are you drinking water because it's one in the afternoon. And during COVID times, I'm waiting till at least three to drink. <laughs> Sounds smart. And um, where are you joining us from? Where are you geography-wise? I am in Ann Arbor, Michigan, where I live. I've lived here for almost 10 years. Awesome. Awesome. And you have so many best-selling novels. It's ridiculous. And um, in addition to being one of my all-time famous authors, I actually love the line that I saw on your website where you said that your fiction focuses on love, loss, and making the most of this wonderfully messy life. Yeah. And I can't think of anything that's more perfect for right now than dealing with wonderfully messy life. Thank you. Yeah, I feel like my fiction has prepared me for this current moment in time. <laughs> and your most recent one uh, is This Won't End Well, came out in February. And I loved this quote from Anne Garvin where she said it captures readers with warmth, honesty, and keen observations about keeping love simple in a complicated world. I thought that was wonderful. And Anne is another amazing writer of women's fiction. And I'll tell you that in my own, own review, because I got to read it too, I said that it is perfection for the kind of lighthearted read with serious themes that we all need right now in this crazy world. Oh, thank you, Lainey. You're my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get going. Let's ask you some questions. So. Uh, tell us more, what inspires you or what inspired this latest one, this one as well? Yeah, so the latest one was inspired by a trip to Paris and I'm very sad because most of my books come out of travel. Um, they're inspired by my own travels and we're not gonna be doing a whole lot of that anytime soon. So I was in Paris for my 40th birthday almost two years ago and I just had enough of my family, which is again, something I think we can all relate to right now. Yep. <laughs> Indeed. And my husband looked at me and he's like, you know, you're a classic writer introvert. I like to be near people for like two hours a day and the rest of the day I'm by myself. <laughs> and he was like, go, go walk along the river, go take some time to yourself. And so God bless the man, I'm walking along and I've probably gone not far at all when I just had this entire novel come to me. Wow. And it was the first line and they usually come to me almost fully formed. It's just like they pop up and then, you know, you flesh it out later. But I had this line in my head, which is, um, hello seems like such an innocuous word, but it's really a portal to loss. And that line kind of informed this character, Annie, she's the protagonist, and her journey. It really started from that little bit and went from there. Wow, that's, that's amazing. I love the concept that your ideas come to you fully formed. I, I don't think mine do. I think I'm kind of more of a pantser that I have to kind of take each step along the way to work out what comes next. 
the I've middles got so much are to learn. Hard. Middles are hard. I mean, I usually know the beginning and the end and then kind of what happens, but there's never been a book where I have not needed to make major revisions. It just wow. has and people don't want to hear that it's true. <laughs> True. That's perfect. It leads me into the next question on anything you had to cut from the book or change or anything that readers might not know and the story behind this book. Well, Annie was tricky. She's a scientist. She thinks in a very unemotional, rational way. And I really worked hard with my editing team to give her heart too, to make sure she wasn't mm -hmm. too clinical. But there were a couple things where um, my editing team suggested, like there's uh, report that the detective gives where he's talking about this scene. It's not an email. It's not a letter the way that the rest of the book is. It's not a text message. It's just kind of this document. And they said, you really want to keep this. And I said, I do. I do. And it was kind of a moment where I realized how far I'd come as a novelist. Because with my first book, anything my editor said as a suggestion, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. And now <laughs> it's evolved. I realized I love input. I'm never afraid of a criticism, which my current book that I'm working on is a tribute to that. I mean, I like feedback and I think that the books are stronger for it, but you also have to go with your intuition. You know, this book, I'd never read, I'd never written an epistolary novel before, and it was kind of a leap of faith to decide to do it, but I knew that the story wouldn't work another way. And so I went with it. Oh, interesting. That's great advice for upcoming writers. I think you're talking about creative confidence, right? How do you, how do you find that confidence in your own judgment? It's, it's hard. It's a learning, a, learning, a learning curve. It is. It is. So what about your own reading? Have you enjoyed anything recently? Are you, are you reading more or less during the pandemic? I am reading a little less, although some of that is just owing to the fact that I'm in the middle of a pretty hefty revision, and I try hard not to read close to my there's certain authors that are very similar to me in tone and I can't read them while I'm revising because I feel like their voices get in my head. Um, so I've been in a bit of a slump. I'm trying to think of what I've loved recently. I read Liz and Lisa's um, How to Save a Life, which was kind of different for them and I loved it. And that was a couple months ago. And most recently I read Jamie Beck's If You Must Know. It was a Kindle First Reads pick and it was so good. It was just, I described it um, in an Instagram post as kind of comfort food, but I mean that in the best possible way. I just dropped into this world and felt like everything was going to be okay. And I read it in two days and it got me over that hump. I'm like, I can't read anything. So yeah, I highly oh. recommend that one. Oh, I'm excited. I think I have it on my Kindle already and it's coming soon, June, June 1st or 2nd, I'm pretty yeah. sure. So it's coming right up. Oh, awesome. I'll put that higher on my list. I'm waiting yeah. to read it. Um, so what about writers like myself who are earlier on the path or maybe just bringing out their first book or they're writing on their first book and they're still learning to edit? Like yeah. any advice you would give to folks like your past self? What would you tell us? Yeah. So my writing journey is so interesting. My first book sold at auction at a very different time in publishing for six figures. And I thought this is going to launch my career. Like it's just going to be one book after another from here. And the book came out. And it got a horrible scathing review from Publishers Weekly. <laughs> it was like the worst yeah. review of my life. <laughs> and it was the meanest review to this day that I've ever received. It was just Whoa. really hard. And it was the best thing that ever could have happened to me. And I would never believe that at the time. But everything that has happened since then just felt like no big deal. So those things that feel like they're the end of your career, they really thicken your skin. And writers were sensitive. 
I mean, I have yet to meet a writer who's not actually pretty sensitive. You know, it's hard stuff and you're like, I don't know, fiction feels like parading around in your underwear in front of everyone you know. Like it's really revealing and scary and, you know, but so I stuck with it and the book did not sell well. And there were months, maybe even years where I was like, I'm just, my career is over. But I just kept going. I wrote one bad book and then I wrote another bad book and then I wrote the book that turned out to be Life and Other Near-Death Experiences. And that was my end of the road. I'm going to write a book just for myself. I said, forget it. I don't care what my then editor thinks. I don't care what people think. I'm just going to write this book that delights me. And of course, it sold a ton of copies. And I sold it for like nothing <laughs> to my publisher. That's, that's, I, the, that's the book I found you through. That's probably in my top three all-time books ever. <laughs> I love it too. It's still my favorite because it represents what it takes, I think, to have the career that is going to last, basically. You know, there are ups and downs. There are books that I like better than others. And there are some that have sold well that I don't understand. Like how, <laughs> that's not my favorite book. But Life is the book where I learn to really listen to my voice and my intuition instead of the external forces because it's really easy to be swayed. That's amazing advice. It, it reminds me a little of um, Laura Drake who writes romance and women's fiction. Mm -hmm. She did a webinar once where she said, you are not your book. And I yeah. thought that was really interesting, right? It's very easy to get our, like our whole sense of worth wrapped up in this product, which is a book, yes. but we are not our books. Our book is a thing we created you have and it's hard of that and you have to separate if you're going to sleep at night yeah that's such great advice i'm oh, so excited fast. that you joined us it goes so fast is there anything we didn't cover that you wanted to say no um i guess the only thing is i love to connect with other writers and readers so i'm pretty active on instagram um camille underscore pagan at instagram and um i answer emails i i mentor a lot of writers i love to hear from people it really makes the experience that much richer. Awesome. And I can validate that you are so fun to follow on Instagram. Hopefully you can see it on the screen here, her, her, user, her yeah. username, exactly what you just said. And um, yeah, I love following your stories on Instagram. You do a lovely mix of like showing the inside of your life and also showing like what it's like to be a writer in real life. A lot of people kind of um, either glorify it or downplay it. And I feel like you're kind of, you do a lovely <laughs> job of sharing both sides, right? The ups and the downs, the reality of being a best-selling author. Thank you, Lainey. That means a lot to me. Well, thank you so much. And it's been fabulous that you took the time to do this. If you'd like to see the video version of this interview and many others, visit bestofwomensfiction.com or follow me, Lainey Cameron, on Instagram, where I share these interviews weekly. You can also subscribe right here to the podcast.